What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 22 of the Triage Method podcast. Paddy, how are you this week? I am absolutely stupendous. Um, how are you, Gary? I, I believe you were at an event yesterday doing something. Yeah, so I was speaking yesterday at an event in Nina run by Matt Cooney. Um, the other speakers were Natalie Lennon and Killian Keane. And the theme of the day was kind of mental health. Um, but I just ended up speaking loads about how to lose fat, etc., general health and, and fitness stuff as we do, uh, with a little bit of touching on mental health and how to set up your life and live like a fucking savage, you know? Because <laughs> uh, that's the take I kind of like to take on those things a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a really good event. Um, it was good to hear other people talking some sense and stuff like that and enjoyed it. That's good, that's good. Um and how many people were at that? Like, what kind of, was it a big event, small event, moderate size? Um, I know they sold like 70 tickets, but there was maybe like 50 people there. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Like, I got a good response because it was basically just hammering home the triage method advice of keeping health at the core of everything that you do. I think some people were kind of surprised by some of the things that I was saying that, that we would kind of take for granted that oh, you can actually lose your period from dieting. And, you know, that, that sort of usual stuff. Like some people were like, mm. oh, wow, oh, wow, like I didn't know that was a thing. And, you know, it's just stuff that doesn't get talked about, I guess. Yeah. We think we're paying the, or running the good fight, but it's just not fucking reaching everyone, Gary. We need to up our game. I know. We need to have some sick podcasts, bro. Also, <laughs> actually, on, on, that, on that note, just because everyone else says it on their podcast, if you do enjoy these podcasts, Take a screenshot, share it in your Instagram story, refer to a friend, leave a review. That really does help the podcast actually spread as opposed to it just being the same people listening every week and being like, oh, Patty and Gary, you're so fucking amazing, bro. Love everything you say. And then it's like 12 people listen. So, you know, help help out a little bit if you, if you like us. Don't know what fucking stats you're looking at. Fucking thousands of people listen to this, you fuck. <laughs> I know, but I want millions. That's fair enough. Um, right. What are we going to talk about today, Gary? All right, so it's coming quite close to summer, all right, which is the end point of a lot of people's goals. Um, and what, what we want to touch on is how to approach, you know, kind of getting lean for the summer, but not just that, like actually sustaining that, because that is probably your real goal. Your, your real goal probably isn't just to get lean and then gain fucking 15 kilos in like two weeks afterwards. Like that doesn't really make a whole pile of sense. And I think... Wait, 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 hold on a second. I thought that's what you had to do because that seems to be what everyone does. You know, they they diet for whatever. Maybe they've been listening to us and they go, yeah, cool, maybe a bit of a longer diet will get me where I want and I don't have to be as aggressive and blah, blah, blah. All the good stuff that we do be talking about. Um, so they do all that. They go on their week's holiday, their two-week's holiday, or they have their event, the, the wedding, the fucking whatever it is, and then they just gain... A load of weight like i thought that's what everyone did i thought that was the the standard procedure like not quite you know the goal should ultimately be to get to a point where at no point are you more than six weeks i would say from being in you know decent shape like if you're more than six weeks away from that you're pr- probably too fat for someone who's 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 big into their their fitness and their body composition like they would be just my thoughts because it's kind of something I try and practice myself in that, you know, last year, both of us kind of dieted for a long period of time, you know, stretched, stretched it out, took our time, got quite lean. 
and you know my intention is to kind of get you know somewhere around the same level of leanness this year for my holiday but I'm only dieting for five weeks so you know I want to be within that point where you know if I'm going on holidays and I want to tidy up my physique I want to be no more than six weeks away from that like realistically I don't think it's it's a healthy place to be to be like all right if I want to be confident in my body whatever that means or, or happy with how I look on my holiday I have to diet for half the year like realistically that's probably not a good approach so if you're if you have been lean in the past and you are like 20 weeks away from that now you should probably ask yourself why exactly you decided to deviate so far from that goal that you actually set especially if you were happy with the physique that you attained when you got there yeah and i don't want people to listen to you say that and then go oh it's unhealthy to stay eight weeks out because i think like six to eight weeks is a good kind of general place if we are talking yeah. about uh, a decent level of leanness like say average population well average population average athletic population leanness you know that kind of eight to twelve percent for guys like not excessively lean now no, i'm not talking like veins on your eyeballs fucking bulging out everything so lean you look like skeletor like i'm not talking or we're not talking about you know competition lean like bodybuilder uh physique person whatever it is you know we're not, we're not talking about that although yeah okay we could argue that you know eight weeks out from that isn't hugely disruptive to everything but if we're just talking to the the general population like six to eight weeks out from a, a good level of leanness that you feel okay I, I this kind of represents what i want to look like like yeah i could be leaner i could be fatter but this is kind of a nice place for me aesthetically you know i i feel i really enjoy the way i look at, at that body fat at that level of muscle mass etc so don't don't jump down gary's throat and be like he said you have to be eight weeks out from a bodybuilding show at all times like that's not what we're talking about you know unless of course obviously you're going to be competing like multiple times per year you've attained the level of musculature that you need for your thing like your year you've topped out your natty potential or your drugged potential or whatever it is um you're just like yeah i'm happy like i'm, I'm on the top of my weight class for this like I, I can't like you're in classic physique or something you're like i can't get any bigger you know it's only like little tidying up of the physique uh, that you're doing like there's no reason for you to be in a big dreamer bulk then you know and then also on top of that um or rather with that uh like being eight weeks out isn't a hugely disruptive thing if you're whatever only going down to like eight to twelve percent like yeah it could be a bit more disruptive uh hormonally mental health wise whatever if you are going down to that like five percent body fat so do take that into account when we're talking about that and then also obviously we're just ignoring a few we'll say subtle nuances in that like your goal could have been i just want to once in my life get down to like a bodybuilding physique or a really 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 lean physique but i actually didn't enjoy the way i looked when i was at that you know so you may be like okay actually i want to go further away than eight weeks out from that like you were like oh yeah like i just wanted to get that lean see what it looked like see what it felt like maybe you're a personal trainer or a coach or whatever and you're like i want to know that i actually know what it feels like to be at this level i actually know what it looks like on me to be at this level but you actually enjoy being at a higher body fat or a higher weight or whatever it is you know so that take that into account as well and then obviously there are going to be goals that are going to require you to potentially gain more weight than you would ideally like aesthetically you know maybe you are 
you did a, a bodybuilding show or something that you're like, yeah, I wanted to, you know, see if I could do it, just a different challenge, whatever. But your bread and butter is as a strongman or a powerlifter or something. So being that excessively lean isn't actually helping you in your chosen sport. And you just got that lean for a bit of crack. Like you were just like, oh yeah, like I just want to see if I can do it. So there are obviously nuances and obviously I'm not touching on all of them there they're just two that kind of popped in my head um but yeah just do take that into account that when we say like six to eight weeks out because i think i think about eight weeks out is a good kind of like that's two months like that's a good decent place to be at least getting down to if we're saying for guys that eight to twelve percent at least getting down to that twelve percent because that actually gives you a lot of time like we say you're losing you know 0.5 to 1 percent of your body weight per week as a guy and then like if you're 100 kilos like that gives you whatever eight weeks you could get up to 20 percent body fat and lose eight percent body fat if you wanted to be a little bit more aggressive and then get down to that 12 percent you know in that eight week period so it does give you a bit of leeway in terms of you know the, the 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 timeline of events and um, staying within that eight weeks out and obviously you can be more aggressive and less aggressive but if we're still sticking to that kind of 0.5 to 1% body fat or weight uh, drop per week then you can actually get pretty out of shape even in those eight weeks but still be within striking distance so it does obviously cover a lot of these little like subtle nuances but yeah as a very general rule six to eight weeks out if you are truly invested in this kind of physique stuff yeah yeah like the thing is we're not saying like we're not speaking to someone that, that's very overweight and saying that you need to be able to get in shape for your holidays in eight weeks if you think that in shape for you is shredded abs it's like all right that's unrealistic like we're talking to people like ourselves who are cons- who are considered with their general health and you know worried about their general health and as a result stay in a body fat range that is considered to be healthy like if you stay around let's say 15 percent like body fat as a male and you are then looking to get to 10% which is actually very lean like for for a male like you you'll have like visible abs and everything at that like so that that's as lean as you need to be getting for a holiday like realistically no one's going to be seeing if they can see striations through your little speedos when you're walking around. The I beach. will be. I'll be there at the at the pool, going like, "Fuck! Look at that guy's fucking glutes, bro." <laughs> so, like, if you look at it objectively like that, realistically, you have to lose five percent of your body weight, assuming all is coming from fat, which it obviously won't be. And like, if you if you just look at that, even like theoretically, very loosely, as an eighty kilo male, like if you're losing five percent of your body weight, that's like four kilograms. And like that shouldn't be that difficult to lose in like that six to eight week range. So that's kind of how, how you can look at it like objectively, because, you know, I think people can be like, oh, no, that's completely unattainable getting in holiday shape in eight weeks. But it's like if you're actually around that generally healthy range, it shouldn't be. But the thing is, a lot of people, they think they're, you know, a lot leaner than they are. Like a lot of guys will be like, oh, I'm like 12 percent body fat. And you actually look at them and like they're completely soft all over they're closer to 20 percent, if not higher you know and, and then it's, it's funny because you'll see the same people give the advice for health that you should be probably around 15 percent, maybe up to 20 but you probably shouldn't be going too much higher than that yet people in the bodybuilding community sometimes will readily go above 20 percent. like you'll you will see some bodybuilders at 25 percent body fat and they'll just be like you know i'm bulking bro it's okay it's cool um but like obviously for us at triage we're considered with health that's not the the way that we like to approach things 
and also with the body. And just, just, just before you go on, keep that thought in your mind. This also, when we're talking about this, you have to keep in mind that we are generally talking about someone with this eight, six to eight weeks out kind of mentality, someone that has already dieted and already gotten lean. So you have a good, we'll say at least somewhat accurate uh, idea of how much body fat you actually have and how much you actually have to lose. Because like Gary alluded to there, like you can think you're at whatever, 15%. Um, but if you haven't actually lost the fat and actually seen what it looks like when you're at like that 10%, 6%, whatever the fuck it is, um, body fat, um, and you're just relying on like, oh yeah, the, the calipers from, you know, the gym said I'm at this or the, the bioimpedance fucking scale said I was at this and whatever. And you're just relying on all that. Um, like that, that's not, truly accurate like you actually have to get to the place you want to be at before you can start making correlations because like i know you're you're kind of similar the same as me gary uh, in that you can keep your abs or some semblance of abs up until like pretty high body fat levels like i can have abs like and i've been there before um I can have abs at like 25% body fat. Now, not obviously fucking shredded abs, but like, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, like you can see an outline of abs there. And that's what people are like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm at 16%. Um, so if I was at 15, you'd see them way more. And it's like, no nah, man, like you're you're easily at 25%. You, you can still see the outline of abs and it's giving you this illusion that, oh yeah, like oh, I'm, I'm still shredded and I'm still fucking juicy, bro. And it's like, no, nah, like you actually have quite a lot of fat to still lose before you get to that image in your head where you're like yeah now i'm going to be shredded at that you know and like it, body fat is one of these really annoying things and that like you'll lose it in all these little random areas before you actually lose it in the areas you want to like you'll see like your armpits get shredded <laughs> first or like your cheeks get shredded and it's like all this little bit of fat on like your ribs and your intercostals and all this they get shredded and you're like yeah but i just want the, the fat around my like navel area to go that's the, I just want a six pack, you know? Um, so do, do bear in mind that we are saying that, well, we are kind of alluding to the fact that you've already been shredded or you've already been at the level of body fat you want, because if you've never been there before, like give yourself time, like lots of time, because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fuck up. You're going to over underestimate how much you have to lose. And um, so if it is your first time, then I would be a little bit gentler. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be going just off one body part with respect to your actual body fat percentage in that like, like you know, you said you you can have visible abs at a really high body fat percentage. I would be slightly different in that my abs are probably a bit slower to lean out, but my, my legs, like I could be quite fat and still have like visible separation in my quads, whereas some people it takes them to get very lean to see that. The same with my face. Like I know I'm getting too fat if my face and my legs look fat. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm too fat now, you know. Whereas my abs, I could be, you know, relatively, you know, lean everywhere else and still, you know, kind of be a bit softer on there. And that's going to be individual from person to person. I don't think you need to sweat it too much either because I know a lot of people get bogged down on different like hormonal like balances or imbalances or whatever. And I think like you're really just kind of sweating the small stuff and, and missing the bigger picture for actually just losing a bit more fat if you are worried about those things. And what I would also say with respect to, you know, that as well, the body fat distribution thing is that, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to think, oh, I am a certain percent body fat. But realistically, that's not what you're looking for. You are looking for a certain image, you know. So if you, even if you are 10% body fat, but you don't have visible abs and you wanted visible abs, 
then it is irrelevant that triage said 10% body fat is low enough to go. It's like, you know, you need to go further to attain your goal right now. And, you know, that, that happens a lot of the time with, you know, females sometimes who want a small midsection and they'll start dieting and they'll lose weight from their legs and they'll lose weight from their breasts maybe. And then they'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm getting too small in other places, but I still don't, I still don't feel I have that lean you know, abdomen that I wanted, you know, I don't have that lean midsection that I wanted. And that was my actual goal. And they're like, I don't want to lose weight anywhere else. But my midsection isn't where it needs to be. So that's a case where you then need to needing to say to yourself, okay, I need to prioritize what my goal actually is. Do I want the rest of my body to look shaped, you know, having bigger breasts, a bigger ass from fat? Or do I actually want to keep losing this body fat from my midsection? And this is also something that guys struggle with a lot because every guy has that ego thing, you know, where they fill out certain t-shirts and they're like, they like being on that bulk because they want to be, you know, filling out their t-shirts and being that big guy who looks like he could fucking push you around. But if you are a natural guy, sorry, but when you actually get lean, lean, you're going to look skinny as shit in clothes. And that is the same for even a lot of natural pro bodybuilders. Like if you see them in their clothes, it's like, yeah, you might know they lift, like maybe, but at the same time, they don't look like these domineering people that you see walking around the gym, like cracking sidewalks, you know? So you shouldn't really be expecting that as a general natural lifter who is, you know, trying to get lean for the beach. Like when you put on your t-shirt and your clothes, yeah, you're probably going to look pretty small, you know? Um, and what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh yeah, that, that, that was something you wrote about as well in the militia, Paddy, the no man's land, you know, when, when someone starts dieting. So you will, you might start dieting for summer, and you know that you want to look good on the beach, but you start to kind of get a bit flatter initially. Your muscles start to deflate a little bit, and you don't feel quite as big in your own clothes. But also, even when you look at yourself topless, you're like, you didn't have that same volume to your muscles, that same kind of pump to your muscles, and you haven't lost enough fat yet to really reveal the muscular definition. So you're kind of in this intermediary stage where you're nearly less happy than you were at the start. So you need to realize that that is a normal experience during the start of the dietary process and that you need to kind of push through that so that you can actually get the definition that you want while still knowing that you're not going to be that full guy that you thought you were because a lot of people just think they're bigger than they are they think there's so much more muscle than they actually have you know not being able to fit into certain clothes and stuff like that and it's like all right yeah it's because you're fat you know and for the same reason people will generally like bash on on BMI and stuff like that as, as a, a predictor of being overweight. Like you see a lot of guys who go to the gym, they're like, oh, my BMI is like 32 and it's just because I have so much muscle. And it's like, you have at least 20 kilos of fat to lose. You know, it's like, it's, it is fat. It's just the fact that you're being pushed up maybe slightly more by muscle. But to be honest, I still don't think that, like if you're in the obese range, like even with BMI, like you probably are still a little bit too fat. The, like versus the kind of body fat that we'd be recommending but anyway that's kind of obviously, obviously not though if you are like a bodybuilder that's on a shit ton yes. of anabolics <laughs> and you're at like five percent body fat and you're at whatever a bmi of 40 <laughs> you know it's like obviously obviously we're not saying you're obese then although sometimes you do hear about like similar kind of pathologies in terms of people with that extra weight even from muscle and um, do kind of experience some of the same issues yeah. that someone who is obese experiences, which is like, yeah, okay, so BMI isn't great in terms of it doesn't, it's an, it's not a catch all, like it doesn't get every single population, but it's still a good rough and ready kind of like step on that scales or what height are you? 
okay, cool, we know roughly where you're at. Um, and it's one of those things as well, like you'll see like bodybuilders say that and they'll be like, oh, BMI is stupid. And then when they start dieting and then they get down to that kind of, we'll say 8%, all of a sudden they fall in line with BMI. And it's like, all right, cool. So when you're at this, what we're saying is a, a quote unquote, uh, healthy uh, body fat range to be at, all of a sudden you're in a healthy BMI and it's like, oh, wow, like, yeah, you, it was it was useless beforehand, but all of a sudden you're in a good range of body fat and now it's, it's a great indicator of <laughs> where you're at health wise. So it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like you do kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Also, Gary, you were talking about people not filling out their t-shirts and whatever, feeling skinny, um and, and this is this is one of those things as well that kind of it, it annoys me how no one can see the difference in terms of both themselves like they can't see that it's just a momentary thing like they can't see that like oh yeah i'm dieting i'm in that kind of no man's land we'll just arbitrarily define that as like 12 to 16 percent body fat where you're like you're not fucking you know the incredible hulk filling out your t-shirts going like fucking yeah i have fucking 18 inch arms bruh um and you're, you're not you're not throwing weights around in the gym you start dieting and you're like okay cool i'm at like 15 percent body fat i'm starting to see a little bit of outline of abs but i'm not getting those fucking sickening pumps in the gym anymore i'm not eating thousands of calories and um, dieting is kind of a little bit hard i'm not really enjoying it uh, a huge amount as i was enjoying fucking those three bowls of cocoa pops i was having um you know, so you're not you're you're in that kind of no man's land where it's like, okay, cool, I'm dieting, I feel kind of skinny, I'm not where I want to be in terms of leanness, I'm not where I want to be in terms of strength or that kind of domineering size. So most people just quit then. They're just like, oh yeah, fuck that. Like I'm gonna go back onto that dreamer bulk and just fill out my t-shirts. And they just they just yo-yo between that kind of sixteen to twenty plus percent for so long rather than actually sticking it through and getting down to the level of leanness that they desire. But then you also have the people that get down to that level of leanness, like they get down to that kind of, we'll even say like down to like that 6% body fat, like they're, they're fucking shredded. They, they're skinny. Like they might've been filling out large t-shirts when they were, you know, gaining weight and now they're down to like whatever 6%. And it's like, yeah, a little bit of a, a medium t-shirt maybe, you know, it's not, not quite small, not quite medium. Like I'm somewhere in between that and they kind of feel like small but then you also have the other side of things where people are on a shitload of drugs and they're like oh yeah like i'm so big and even if they're they're lean and they they, they compare themselves size wise to a, a natural person that's like whatever let's say whatever 70 kilos lean they're the same height the natural person is 70 kilos lean and the other person is then whatever 90 kilos lean as as a bodybuilder you know or as a as someone who's enhanced but they'll compare themselves to the the natural person and they'll be like oh yeah i'm so fucking big uh because you know uh, they're, they're on a load of anabolics but it's like that th this is this is not the comparison you should be making and i'm, I'm going to touch on it a second the opposite way as well but it's not the comparison you should be making like if you're on drugs like you're you're in a separate category then like you should be comparing yourself to like bodybuilders like you should be comparing yourself like if you're whatever i don't know what i feel heath is five foot eight or something probably so like if you're five foot eight like and you're enhanced you should be comparing yourself to phil heath not just fucking timmy down the gym who's the same height as you and is like a natural quote-unquote bodybuilder like he's just training to look a certain way like that's it's the wrong comparison to make like you can't it's like it's literally like apples to oranges like if you've gone down that enhanced route you should be comparing yourself to those enhanced people you know because it's the same playing field and you can argue genetics you can argue 
better drug access you can argue fucking more drugs whatever it is but you're still in the same category you know and it's the same thing then as well you'll see people who are natural compare themselves to the, the the same the guy who is the same height as them and you know is 20 kilos bigger than them and he's like oh yeah like i'm filling out the large shirt i'm the same height as you like why like why aren't you that big and as a natural you're kind of like oh fuck like have i fucked up here like i'm only 70 kilos now i feel extra skinny like i'm like i'm not i'm not hitting that same size as this other guy you know and we're the same height and what am i doing wrong and again like you just it just kind of expands that skinny feeling you have especially if you're not fully shredded like where you want to be and you're kind of in that in between no man's land and you're like fuck like i'm getting skinny you know maybe i did fuck up maybe like this is i shouldn't diet any longer i shouldn't do this you know so you do have to compare like to like if you are doing comparisons on instagram fucking in the gym whatever like you have to you have to be realistic in where you are and what you're willing to do and what other people are willing to do in comparison to that. Cause you see that a lot where people do try to compare themselves to other people or like you've been in the gym two years and you're comparing yourself to someone who has literally been lifting since they were 12, you know? So you like, if you're, if you're making those comparisons, like you do have to be very aware of who you are comparing yourself to also like as a general rule like comparing yourself to other people is a fucking shit strategy to actually get long-term success and like we were saying earlier on like you should be comparing it to like where you've been before or if this is your first time like you, you're just playing it by ear like you're going okay where like what, what do i actually look like what do i what level of musculature do i actually have when i get to this level of leanness what are your thoughts on that gary yeah i agree and it actually brought up something in my mind that i think we should probably do another podcast on another time and that's in relation to the whole kind of genetics discussion with relation to training because i think this is something that actually kind of you know skews a lot of people's expectations because like i remember i used to do this as well when i first started lifting you know people post pictures of before they ever started lifting so they'd done no lifting and then they show their transformation in one two three four five years or whatever and then you as a lifter then kind of expect oh so if i'm doing everything right or the way that they did i should expect that because i'm in a similar starting point and the interesting thing the interesting thing about the role of like genetics in muscle building it's not there's actually not much of a correlation if any between your starting point and where you end up versus the actual response that you have to training so when you're thinking about genetics you should be looking at the, how the person actually responded to a given training stimulus over a certain period of time as opposed to where they actually were at the start okay because it's not it's not like everyone who is big just started out at this point where they you know were already big and like it's it's also not fair to say that if you ended up you know really big and you were actually tiny little skinny kid at the start that you somehow that you had bad genetics it's like no 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 that's actually that's a point that a lot of people make a lot of people say that about dorian yates you know you look at he, he was a, a, a bodybuilder for those unaware and dorian was fucking monster like and <laughs> if you look at him when he was like in his teen years like he just looked like any other skinny kid and then people would be like oh look dorian had bad genetics and it's like no dorian had great genetics but they were expressed through his response to training not his actual starting point so it's important to, to consider like how that actually plays out because sometimes people can be doing all of the right things and simply not get the same response to to training and and that is just a thing it's just something that you kind of have to accept to a degree 
provided you're actually doing all of the things that you can to optimize what you're going to going to get out of training but you know we won't delve too much into that i just wanted to bring it up briefly because i think it's important with that discussion we're having because i'm sure we can do a, a podcast again at some point on individual responses to training and all that yeah and just kind of touching on that same topic like people will always want what they don't have in terms of people will be like oh my genetics are shit for muscle building but their genetics are fucking awesome for like strength or something like like i know so many skinny guys like proper like we're talking skinny like uh and they ridiculous strength you know and i'm not just talking like body weight stuff like i'm talking like you know squats deadlifts bench press type strength you know like they're like whatever 70 kilos and they're fucking squatting like 240 you know and People are like, oh, fuck, like, I would want, I want to be bigger. And it's like, okay, like, you have clearly good genetics for this, this sport or this endeavor. Like, you're looking at something else where someone else has really good genetics for muscle building or muscle gain or whatever, or fat loss, whatever the fuck it is. And you're like, oh, I wish I had those kind of genetics. And it's just like, you're, you're comparing, like, there, there's no reason for this comparison. Like, you, you can't change your genetics, you know? So if you're comparing yourself to someone that, like, finds it really easy to gain muscle, um, or it like it responds really well to drugs you know whatever it is and you're comparing yourself to them it's like this is this is a false comparison because it's not not an accurate portrayal of what you're trying to achieve or what your genetics will allow you to achieve you know so like everybody wants what they don't have you know if you can't gain muscle you're looking at all these guys that are fucking mass monsters going like oh i wish i was like that and you just completely forget that like some of these mass monsters are like yeah great i have like this really great response to training but you know i don't know man they they find it really hard to lose fat you know they just they can't get as as lean as this other person they're they're looking at this other person going like oh i wish i could look like that you know um or whatever it is so everyone's always comparing themselves to each other based on their genetics and it's like this is just so fucking stupid and asinine like you can't change them stop fucking comparing yourself just do the best with what you've got like who the fuck cares at the end of the day anyway let's get back on topic gary people are dieting for the summer they have I don't know, you know, we're saying eight weeks out, they should be kind of in that range. If they are in, if they dieted before, they know what they look like lean. And they, they, they say they're out for health. They're like, oh yeah, I love this healthy eating lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. So go. Yeah. So this is the interesting thing that I see so many times, you know, people who are so into their healthy living and stuff, they go on holidays and suddenly they just fuck it. And when they come back, they bucket you know they're just gained a load of weight and i think it's i you know it's something that's actually become quite popular recently and i think i i think we we have definitely played a role in it but um there's a lot of people online that now do the whole health thing and claim that they're doing everything you know for health and it's like everything's hashtag health and it's it's like who can eat the most veggies kind of thing and i'm like this is actually great i'm delighted to see this and stuff but you also have to be really honest with yourself in that like do you truly enjoy healthy eating practices like you know are you actually eating lean meats vegetables etc you know the drill because they make you feel good you realize their role in facilitating your health and how you feel it on a day-to-day basis you know are you actually doing it because of that or are you doing it purely because vegetables make me feel more full and I can then adhere to a low calorie diet easier? Because like it's fine to have a blend of both of those things. But if you're just relying on foods for their low calorie content and all it is is all towards an aesthetic goal, you're probably not going to do too well when you actually come back after that holiday. Because you need to be bringing yourself to a point where 
this is actually a decision that you have made for the next 40, 50, 60, 200 years, however you, long you plan on living, you know, that's what you need to be thinking about. Like you need to be looking at, all right, what changes can I make to my diet that I'm going to be able to actually put in practice over the next few years, as opposed to over the next six weeks while I diet for my holiday, because you need to kind of leave some things behind you. And I think a lot of people are very slow to do this. You know, I was speaking to another personal trainer yesterday who was talking about how, you know, when his clients are dieting for a wedding or something like that, they're they're always like to him also afterwards you know we just am i just gonna go back to normal like when do i get to go back to eating the way i was and it's like hold on the the reason you came for help or the reason you're trying to diet in the first place is because whatever you were doing was not good it was not helping your health goals it was not helping your fitness goals your body composition goals whatever so you 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 need to to leave that life behind you and I think a lot of people are very slow to do that. They're very slow to ditch the pints lifestyle. They're very slow to ditch the the Friday and Saturday night pizza and ice cream. And you actually do need to be willing to leave that stuff behind you if you're going to move forward and going to not regain weight after your holiday. Because, you know, I'm going on holidays in, in three weeks. And, you know, when I when I do go on holidays, like the plan will be to enjoy the foods that I already enjoy, you know, like you I've posted plenty of photos from my Thailand trip last year and like, you know, go for breakfast at the buffet and get things like, you know, fruit and yogurt, etc. because they're the things, they're the foods that I actually like. And I actually eat those regularly, you know, things like, things like bacon, you know, a little, little pancake here and there, but I'm not going there and saying, all right, the diet is over. Let's see how many pancakes with Nutella I can eat, you know, and a lot of people definitely do that. And they're like, oh, I haven't eaten this for six weeks. I haven't eaten that for eight weeks. I haven't eaten that for 12 weeks because it wasn't on my meal plan for my coach. So now I need to see how much I can get in in one or two weeks, because when I come back, uh, come back, I'm going to be on plan again anyway, so I can get in shape again. So that's a mindset that you need to actually tackle. You need to go away on holidays with the, with the mindset that I'm going here to enjoy the place that I'm going to, you know, because that's why I'm going there. I'm going there because I'm going with my girlfriend or boyfriend or family or whatever, and I enjoy their company, or I enjoy the activities that are offered there. Um, and yeah, I'm going to enjoy a drink here and there. I'm going to enjoy food that I enjoy, but you're not going there to just see how much you can eat. And I've done that before on holidays, like when I when I was younger, you know, dieted on these on silly restrictive diet, and then gone away and just, just started eating a load of things that I just wouldn't normally eat. So that would be the big starting point for me is actually changing your mindset towards what a holiday means for you and also what the dietary changes that you've made actually mean for you. And that might sometimes that might sometimes mean completely reevaluating what you have been doing to diet because like at triage, we generally don't offer meal plans to our clients because I don't want them to follow a meal plan that I think is optimal. I want to be able to coach them to change their behavior and their nutritional choices over time so that in five years when I no longer speak to them they've still got everything under control whereas a lot of people want the meal plan and they want to be told exactly what they can do and then they discipline or what they should do and they discipline themselves for six weeks but realistically who in their right mind wants to live on a meal plan for the rest of their life like maybe 0.0001% of the population which are those freaky bodybuilders that will literally do anything because it's pretty much their life but that is not the average person yeah and i think it is a i don't know we'll call it a, a marker of intelligence or maturity or whatever you want to classify it as but allowing 
thought processes or parts of your ego we'll call it to actually die so that you don't have to you know like i think that's what like separates humans from animals the fact that we can think things through and go okay cool uh, that's a bad thought that's a dead end with that thought process or that lifestyle process or whatever it is you can think it through and then go okay cool i can let that thought process die that lifestyle die whatever it is so that i as a being as an individual don't have to die in its stead you know so being able to let those thoughts go being able to let that lifestyle go being able to let parts of your ego go or whatever it is and let it die so you don't have to is a marker of intelligence maturity being human you know so i think a lot of people aren't willing to do that and it's unfortunate because that's that's what's going to get you the best results you know like the way like if if you if you conceptualize it and think like if you were in I don't know, a factory setting or whatever it is. And someone came in one day and they were like, look, we've got this new method of, I don't know, fucking making boxes or whatever. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm just going to stick to my method of making boxes. Even though your method is terrible, your boxes are shit, you know, you're not getting the end result that you want. And then everyone else starts adopting it. You're looking at them and they're like, fuck, like the results they're getting is 10 times better, you know, whatever it is you know it's great uh, their boxes are coming out fucking fantastic they're getting 10 times as much boxes done etc etc and then your boss comes in and goes right we need we're gonna offer a promotion who can do the best and then you go okay cool look fuck promotion is going you know uh, he said it's going to be at this date so i'm gonna copy their their box method and um, i'm gonna make fucking the boxes like they do i'm gonna fucking do it 10 times better than they do and yeah you do it you make all these boxes your boss goes fuck you're actually a really great worker now i'm gonna give you a promotion and then as soon as you get the promotion you go back to making your shitty boxes in the method that you were using beforehand you know like you didn't let that part of your ego die you didn't let that I don't know, framework die. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. You got the promotion, but you're no better off. You know, your boss is like, fuck, this is, this is stupid. You're, you're, you're not the worker I thought you were. You fucking lose your job at the end of the day, you know? And that's essentially the same with the, the whole health and fitness thing here, you know, the nutrition side of things where people are like, oh yeah, like, cool. This is the method that's going to get me to that promotion or that event or whatever it is. And then as soon as they get that, they're like, yeah, fucking going back to the old ways. And it's like, yeah, okay. So you're, you got really healthy. You got a certain aesthetic. You got a certain body fat whatever the the metrics you were tracking you're like yes i got to that but now i'm going to go back to the exact same thing that i was doing previously and like it was it was it it was shit you know because i was in ill health i was at a body fat level i didn't enjoy etc etc and you're just going to go back to that and it's like like why some people some people want it some people don't want to move on at all they think they do they just want to you know get the abs because it actually you know it's it's interesting sometimes because it actually is almost part of their old lifestyle and that you know let's say they are someone who actually really enjoys the the set the session you know they love going out in the session they want to be going to these month-long trips to ibiza etc etc like they want to do all that stuff that is considered to be normal or exciting. They want to go out every week, maybe two nights a week, three nights a week if they're in college, whatever. But they also want to have abs because that actually enhances their ability to live that lifestyle, to pull women or whatever it is, or to pull men or anything in between. And you know that that might be that might be the very reason that they actually want to attain the goal in the first place. And to be honest, 
I don't, I generally, like in a coaching setting, I wouldn't entertain that very much just because we are quite health focused. And if someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I want to be in shape because I want to go out every night of the week to show off my body, I'm just going to be like, sorry, I'm not going to help you. You know, that that's not, that's not, that's not us because as we said in the podcast about alcohol, like we don't, you know, propose that people should live that lifestyle anyway regardless of the shape that you're actually in which is why considering health is actually so important as part of all of this and i think when you do start to put health at the forefront of of your approach you begin to you know not want to do this stupid you know these stupid things when you go on holidays to try and eat as much as you can for two weeks and gain as much weight as you want because if you appreciate the health effects of like simply overconsumption in and of itself you know, overconsumption of calories, then you can kind of say to yourself, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you know, maybe I shouldn't be looking to gain weight, because I think a lot of people don't realize this as well, the simple, like the role that simply calories and body weight change plays in health. Like I remember we spoke about that last summer, Patty, when we were talking about, you know, how you could make such improvements to people's health in general, if they just didn't do this chronic overfeeding throughout the lifespan and you know we were discussing i wonder is it just the body fat gain that is a negative effect is it just the overconsumption, you know or whatever and you know we were kind of saying it's obviously a bit of both and like it's such a simple thing to say that you know all right if you overconsume calories for the most for most of your life and you continue to gain weight even if it's at a pound a year you're probably going to see adverse health effects but it's still how a lot of people live um i think a lot of people just don't see that they they think about what healthy eating is and they think about all right yeah calories are important for weight change but when it comes to healthy eating it's about foods it's about cutting carbs it's about eliminating gluten and it's like you're actually missing the bigger picture of how important calories actually are for health so if you are someone that goes away for a few weeks and you just gain kilos of body weight you know the 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 extra edema the the water retention is going to be putting you know, pressure on your heart, you'll probably see increases in blood pressure, you know, and the overconsumption of calories can, you know, push you towards things like being more insulin resistant, you know, having more oxidative stress, inflammation, etc, you know, which is all part of that chronic overfeeding. But also even, you know, if you're if you're just overfeeding for a few weeks, like, extremely, so you should be looking at those things and thinking, this probably isn't how I want to live my life, I probably don't want to be constantly, you know, doing things that are going to compromise my health. So, it's just something to keep in mind, especially within that lens of changing your body composition, because I think a lot of people just see the aesthetic side of things and they don't appreciate that. No, no, no. The reason we encourage you to maintain a certain body composition is not for you to look a certain way. Yeah, that's cool. That's a nice side effect. But really, it's kind of for your health. too. Mm. I couldn't agree with you more, Gary. Anyway, so with these people that are going on holidays, they are... I don't know, going on it, they've, they've spent 12 weeks dieting. You know, maybe it's the first time they've dieted. They're like, yeah, cool, I'm going to get down to X body fat, X physique, whatever it is. Um, male, female, cloud person, whatever the fuck it is. They, they've done it, so they look good or they look a certain way on the beach, in pictures, whatever. But they get there, they start over-consuming. They go, look, that buffet, can't. I just can't resist it. You know, I want to get them, them their fucking rashers in. I want to get those sausages, all those scrambled egg, all the, all the fruit and veg. But yeah, Gary, you're like, yeah, cool. That's that, They're all good food, but they had 
four trays of it, you know, and, and they do that in every single meal that they're at. And then they go, yeah, let's get some ice cream after, right? So massive overconsumption while they're on holiday. They, they, they thought themselves, they were like, yeah, cool. It's about health for me. It's, you know, I'm looking at this long term, but they just couldn't get over that momentary pleasure. And they, could, they couldn't delay that momentary pleasure for long term pleasure, you know? So what, what do we do? How do you, how do you, as an individual, how do you get out of that mindset? How do you go, I actually want to look at this more in a long-term, a health-focused kind of manner? Like, yes, I want to look a certain way for certain events in time. Like you like you are trying to look a certain way or oh, yeah, whatever it is, you know, you're trying to look a certain way for your holiday, you know? Like you, you enjoy looking that way. You obviously want to get pictures for the gram, etc. you know? And uh you're obviously taking that approach where it's like, yeah, cool. I'm, I know I want to lean out a little bit for that event, but how do you keep the bigger picture? How do you avoid binging on holidays? Because that's what it is. You're just overfeeding, binging for weeks at an, at an end, potentially. Like I've seen people go on holidays to like Thailand and stuff. And you think like, because they go on these like activity holidays and they're doing a lot of, I don't know, like Muay Thai, doing a lot of fucking training. They even go to like yoga retreats and they're, they're, they're having active holidays. You see them, they're like posting like hikes they're doing, loads of scenery. It's like, this is a really beautiful fucking holiday. This scene sounds great. It's awesome. But they come back and they're like, 20 kilos heavier than when they left you know so like yeah okay cool like if that's a once in a lifetime thing and you're like look i actually just don't fucking care what i look like i just don't care about you know what i eat etc i'm like yeah like i'm not going to stop you but if you're saying that this is your lifestyle that this is a a healthy lifestyle and wherever you go in the world like surely that should still stay at the forefront of your mind you know so so how do we get out of this me- mentality where it's like okay cool i have to indulge to actually enjoy myself i have to you know sample every food possible i have to overeat i have to do that and um, while i'm on this week two weeks three months six month holiday like how do you how do you keep that long-term approach in your mind is there any kind of strategies or is it just a simple game of actually being honest with yourself and recognizing that you know maybe i am actually in it for the health like i actually don't fucking give a shit like yeah that's a cool fashionable thing to say and i I somewhat believe it like yeah i do want to be healthy but you're you you don't actually care about that too much you actually just want to look a certain way like what what do we do yeah like you made an important point there as well about you know if you want to go away and gain 10 kilos or whatever and you're happy to do that because you know, it's, let's say, Oktoberfest and you want to see how much of that beautiful beer you can drink, then I'm like, that is your lifestyle. You know, if you if you actually want to go away and do that, and you want to see how much food you can eat, you want to go to America and do eating competitions, and that's going to make you happy, then do not let us stop you. Like, that is a different story. You know, we're talking about the people who are actually going to come back and be somewhat depressed because of the food choices that they make. So there are a couple of things that I will do on holidays. And like, in terms of, act- I, I think a, a practical strategy to use, which is quite helpful is, all right, one, yeah, stay active. Like that, that's very easy to do on your holidays. Like don't be just that person that sits around flipping, trying to get a tan at the pool and doing nothing else but that. It's like, that's boring. Like I'm all for get- getting a nice Whoa, tan. I want to be fucking golden. Like I want to be like fucking lazing by that pool doing nothing. I want to read like fucking 40 books by the time I come back. Oh yeah, I'm in for that. Yeah, absolutely do that, you know. And if that if that's what you want to do, you want to just lie by the pool, then again, that is cool. But again, if we're talking about how to regulate your weight and keep that in check while on holidays, being active is a good idea, but also because it's going to make your holiday far more enjoyable. Like if you go to somewhere like Thailand, like you want to be active, you want to go and do fun shit, you want to go and climb up like 
waterfalls and your bare feet and stuff like that because it's good crack you know it's good you're going to make far more memories there than just sitting by the pool like you could you know down in dingle or something <laughs> Minus- you leave it out. fucking dingle is nice like <laughs> dingle is nice to be fair. um but yeah you know stay active and the second thing would be i always encourage people to try and have a very rough plan and i know when you say this to people they're like oh i'm not fucking planning anything on holidays it's yolo but like i mean if you know that you want to go out for dinner and have a nice meal and have ice cream afterwards like that's generally what i'll do on holidays i would be inclined to all right you know at breakfast i'm gonna try and load up on fruits bit of yogurt and some lean meat and and a coffee or something as opposed to indulging at breakfast indulging at lunch and indulging at dinner you know then at lunch it could mean something like you know everyone likes a good summery salad when you're in the when you're in the sun so you know it might mean having something like that with with some lean meat again at your lunch because again when you're busy during the day you're probably not going to be quite as hungry but when it comes to the nighttime you do want to have that that meal that that authentic cuisine that you've never had you want to have a little bit of gelato you want to have you know a a drink after your meal like that's cool do that stuff and you can create those buffers by eating a little bit lighter during the day and that's generally what i recommend to clients because it gets you out of the dealing with the psychological burden of indulging in every meal but it also allows you to escape the psychological burden of not indulging at all and coming back from your holiday and being like i could have enjoyed that a lot more and then in terms of when you are already struggling to do this, you're trying these things, but you can't keep yourself on track. Then what you have to ask yourself is a couple of questions. You know, ask yourself what the benefits to overindulging are. What do, what do you perceive the benefits to be? Like, obviously, it's going to be taste, something along those lines. And then you have to ask yourself, what are the negatives? You know, what 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 are the downsides to me overconsuming? You know, is it that you're going to be less confident at the beach tomorrow because you tie your confidence to the way your body looks or feels? Um, or is it that you're going to be have lower energy levels because you're going to be so sluggish after indulging, whatever it might be. And then you have to, you know, ask yourself, how does this fit into my short and long-term goals? Like, is this the sh- decision that I am making? Am I making this consciously based on me thinking it's a good idea? Or am I just subconsciously indulging or justifying it to myself for whatever reason? Okay, so you have to ask yourself those things. And, you know, one of the, one of the difficult things as well is that you know, in these days of information, everyone thinks that there's going to be a strategy or solution to absolutely everything. And there is no quick fix to not gaining weight on holidays, other than you putting those things I said into practice. And if they are hard, then using discipline to keep them in practice. If you gain a little bit of weight from your holidays, it's not a big deal. It's not something to be getting bogged down about. But, ho- but hopefully there's one or two of you that are listening to this that really struggle with, with the holiday situation and that this advice might actually help. Yes, Gary, I agree with you. Um, so basically, if you are going on holidays, you need to keep your long-term goals in mind. You don't have to be 100% strict, we'll say, to them. Like, yes, enjoy yourself a little bit, but do keep the focus well, keep the goal of the goal. Like if you're saying like, I want to be 90 and able to, you know, run around with my kids, grandkids, etc. Then yeah, keep that, keep that in mind. That doesn't mean that you should not enjoy yourself. But if you are going to be a little bit overindulgent at certain meals, you know, you're like, oh, I want to go to that restaurant. Like keeping a rough kind of idea of where your calories are at, where your kind of micronutrition is at and your macronutrition is at. And just keeping a rough idea of that in your head. Then also focusing on staying somewhat active, like not just 
sitting around doing absolutely nothing unless you have been like you know aggressively dieting aggressively working you know your your stress levels are a thousand million percent and you're like look i actually just want to spend two weeks relaxing rejuvenating the mind and you just want to laze around like cool if that's what it is that's what it is but keeping uh an eye to your overall caloric expenditure etc and your overall kind of health metrics when you are making your food choices you know so doing that is hopefully going to keep you on track while you're on holidays now gary they come back they've done all that and they're in that kind of post-holiday I'm going to say rebound because generally that's what people do. They'll be like, yeah, cool. I stayed somewhat on track on holidays. Like, yeah, enjoyed a few meals, enjoyed a little bit out, but I'm back from holidays now. I have nothing on the horizon to keep me, we'll say, beholden to a certain dieting pattern, a certain lifestyle pattern. And they kind of start slipping into their their old ways. Like you were saying, like people... You, that guy you were talking to his clients and stuff were like oh yeah like afterwards like do i just slip back into my old habits do i just when when do i get to eat like i used to eat you know like how, how do you prevent yourself from doing that like yeah you, you you thought you had health as your focus you thought you had you had this all on lockdown but now that there's no external motivator you're not as internally motivated as you thought you were like yeah you still want to be healthy like yeah you do still want to look a certain way but there isn't this huge incentive to i don't know do it right away like what do you do what would you if you had a client that said i'm back from holidays i i have no no immediate goals like what what should i be focusing on should i be focusing on strength in the gym should i be focused on athletic endeavors should i be focusing on you know increasing my calories bulking cutting fucking what what are we doing when you come back from a holiday to keep that i don't know long-term health approach because obviously like it's, it's one of those things that's it's rather annoying because you don't see the effects straight away like so many effects yeah you will see like if you don't drink enough water day to day probably going to feel like shit have a bit of a fucking foggy brain have a dry mouth etc or if you don't eat well for a couple of days you can kind of feel it maybe in your joints maybe your sleep is disrupted maybe your digestion is disrupted so like you can kind of keep an eye on those kind of metrics and you know make better food choices drink enough water etc but some of the other ones where you can't really keep an eye on you're like well what, what do we mean by health like what like how are we defining that and like we've done posts on this before and we'll probably do a podcast on it at some stage in terms of like actual health metrics you should track etc but um what are we doing once we come back from holidays to keep that i don't know we'll call it motivation alive like what are we setting goals are we setting I know targets are we then just planning another holiday next year so that we can be like oh no that's that's the event that i want to do like what are we doing yeah, so the first question you have to ask yourself is do i want to be the fat the fat lazy old shit that i was 15 weeks before my holiday it's like no you don't you know it's very simple but i think a lot of people fail to acknowledge that and then like arguably bodybuilders are the worst for this because they're the ones that always have that one time point that they need to be shredded for and it's not even like other people where you have to be lean for you know two weeks on holidays or whatever it's actually they have one day arguably one hour that they need to look their best for and once that's over arguably just three three minutes like do their posing on stage stand on stage flex a little bit they're done like (laughs) yeah and they could have invested like 26 plus weeks into that and then what happens is the day after their show they binge and they binge and they binge and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going and they literally do not gain control of it. And you look at the person 
like one to three months after their show and they are as fat if not fatter than they were after the 26 the 26 weeks prior and they're feeling slightly depressed they have no motivation to train because you know the reason they were training all the way through prep was because oh it burned calories for them and it gave them a good pump and they looked good and lighting and now they look like shit and they've got no energy and you know they've just got nothing going for them because they have no specific goal so it's actually generally not the general population people that struggle most with this it's the people that get in ridiculous shape um so that's a classic example of where this applies um but don't 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 fool yourself into thinking that just because you dieted for 12 weeks that you can't get just as fat in two weeks like you absolutely can and i've seen it happen to people where you you just regain all of the body fat that you had actually lost you have so you do have to kind of keep that in mind and be like all right i have to be on my toes here but one of the most effective things that I've seen work for clients is setting performance-based goals like you alluded to. You know, I had one client who, she was with me for like a year and a half. And all that time she had been focused like very much on fat loss. Like, yeah, we had performance goals along the way, but the overarching theme of what we were coaching her for was actually fat loss. And prior to being coached by us, she had been, you know, trying to diet for two to three years prior so all she knew with respect to exercise nutrition etc was all related to fat loss like how can i improve my fat loss so once we got to the point where all right you've kind of got visible abs here like you don't need to be leaner for your goals we kind of had to ask ourselves where do we go from here and like she had been dabbling in some triathlons and she had done a little bit of powerlifting so we kind of made those a much bigger focus especially the triathlon side of things because there's so many different components that you have to work on and you really have to fuel your training so we had regular goals there you know set in place and and changed up programming based on that and that was really effective and this is why i think strength training is so important for people who are you know trying to lose fat i think especially for women um because you can actually set those goals and see yourself progressing when your body is not or at least in the short term because you know guys sometimes they don't mind gaining weight because again they feel a bit bigger they feel kind of boisterous they like being able to move weight around the gym whereas women a lot of the time they would have gotten in fitness purely for weight and once they've oh shit my lap's dying sorry gary we can finish this up for soon how much percentage do you have no it's it's like gone black you have to finish this gary you are actually scum just keep talking anyway just keep talking i will stop when you stop okay it was on five percent um but yeah strength strength based goals are incredibly effective to keep you progressing um when you feel like you're not essentially right seen as gary oh gary just dropped off the call as well anyway so yeah um if you are in that case where it's like yeah cool like my my, my goals are ended i have no end or i have no immediate goals insight where it's like yeah cool i've dieted for x amount of weeks and i have i've achieved my goals i look great on holiday like setting those kind of short-term and longer-term goals is what's going to keep you more adherent to your plan overall like if it is a case where you're like yeah i wanted to look a certain way like setting maybe performance goals like Ari said there where it's like i want to be a certain strength level or i want to have a certain fitness level whatever it is like setting kind of short and long-term goals is going to help you better adhere to the overall structure of your plan and also give you a better idea of how to actually structure your plan because what a lot of people will do is they will have oh, fat loss is the goal or muscle gain is the goal and they'll know how to train for that but then when you start going okay so we're going to start trying to hit some strength numbers we're going to start trying to be a little bit fitter perhaps we're starting the sport perhaps we're starting 
I don't know, really tracking health or whatever it is, um, people kind of lose their their mind. They're like, I don't actually know how to program for this. I don't know how to eat for this, you know? So having those kind of short and long-term goals will give you a better idea of how you should be structuring your training and then also give you some milestones to kind of hit along the way to actually keep you adherent to the plan overall, you know? So I would recommend strength goals in the gym, but they don't actually have to be strength goals in terms of like powerlifting numbers or whatever, because generally that's what people think of when they think of strength. They think, oh, that's that's the bench, you know, squat, deadlift. They're the things I have to, to do to be strong. But no, it could be like, I don't know, dumbbell shoulder presses. You want to improve the look of your shoulders. Maybe that's what you go for. You know, you want to hit a certain level of uh, strength in in those movements, you know, so whatever it is, set some strength goals. Maybe you want to be able to do chin-ups, pull-ups, I don't know, whatever it is. And that's what you're kind of aiming towards, you know? So there is methods that you can use to ensure that you are, you know, hitting short-term, long-term goals and learning to kind of program for that, learning to diet for that will actually expand your ability to adhere to a program for a longer period of time. And maybe you do, oh yeah, I want to hit a strength goal, but you notice along the way, you're like, I just don't enjoy training for this. I actually enjoy more so training for this. At least you know that then, then you know, okay, this is why I actually like training. This is what I like about training. Then you can more effectively set your training plan in motion. And we will probably do a podcast at a later stage on, you know, what health markers to track, because a lot of people say they're in it for health, but you ask them what they're tracking and they're like, oh, well, I'm tracking my body fat. And and I don't know my weight and it's like yeah okay cool they are two metrics you can track but they're not the whole story like there's so much other things that we can track that will help you actually see where your health is at that a lot of people just kind of ignore they're like oh well I'm not going to track that I'm not going to get blood work done I'm not going to get this done and it's like yeah okay cool like you can say you're training for health but if you're not tracking you're just guessing like what what does health actually mean so we'll talk about that at another stage anyway there seeing as gary is gone i'm just gonna wrap this up here we're at the hour mark and we will see you next week guys and as always you know like gary said earlier on if you can like follow share subscribe whatever it is get the word out with the podcast it really does actually help quite a lot and like brings our ranking up etc so if you do enjoy the podcast you know share it with your friend take a screenshot, put it in your Instagram story, whatever it is. And, you know, it does actually help us quite a bit. And as per usual, guys, if you do have any questions, you know where we are. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Anyway, guys, peace out.